Thanks for listening to The Vine's podcast. The Vine is a church in Austin, Texas, with the simple goal of following Jesus together. And we hope this message helps you in doing just that. Hi, my name is Michelle Ellie. Today's scripture reading is from Isaiah 43, verse 1 through 2, 18 through 19. But now, this is what the Lord says. He who created you, Jacob, he who formed you, Israel, do not fear, for I have redeemed you. I have summoned you by name, you are mine. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And when you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep over you. When you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. The flames will not set you ablaze. Forget the former things, do not dwell on the past. See, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up, do you not perceive it? I am making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Church family, we are in this third and last week of our series that we're calling A Timely Word. Uh, This is our final one, so I hope that this message encourages you. It's from a friend of our church who I really do believe is giving us a word that's meaningful, has been meaningful for me this week, and I hope and pray it'll be meaningful for you as well. Jula, it's great to be with you. Yeah, it's good to be with you too. Vine community, this is Jula. She has preached at our church before. If you have not met her, she uh, she's a pastor, she's a counselor, she's a coach, and, and I'm grateful to call her a friend. Jula, how long ago was it that we met in Minneapolis? Oh, wow. It's so many moons ago. I can't remember. We, we took classes together yes. for our covenant orientation. Yes. And we met in one of those classes. I want to yeah. say maybe four or five years. Yeah, isn't that crazy? Yeah. It's been that long. Especially yeah. with COVID, it's hard to know it, how long it's been. I know. <laughs> a day in COVID is like a whole month. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah. One of the things I remember, a group of us, I mean, this, this, uh, this group of little community forms on these orientation classes and, and we went out to dinner one night and I'll never forget the meal we had, and it was a particular type of burger. Yes! <laughs> I can see it now. <laughs> <laughs> so guys, they served in Minneapolis a burger with peanut butter. Yes. Peanut butter, did you have one of those? I didn't have one. I had the one stuffed with like jalapeno and cheese. Yeah. Like you can stuff it with different things. Some people yeah. stuff theirs with the peanut butter, but the peanut butter is the one that's original to like the locals in that community. I'm like burger with peanut butter. Yes, and it's not only peanut butter; it's it's the crunchy peanut butter too. You have to get the crunchy. Ah. Guys, I'm not kidding you. I was I was judging it, but I decided, hey, go for it. It was it was awesome. It was awesome. I'm, I'm gonna Have you with- had it since then? Have you no. had it since that? Time? <laughs> I'm afraid. I'm afraid. We'll just leave it that one time thing. Exactly. Uh, guys, Jula is, uh, she has such a, so, so many wonderful insights that I'm, I'm really excited about that uh, for you to be able to share this with our community. So, um, Jula, I reached out to you with the concept that we're doing in this series uh, of a timely word. And, um, and I kind of just opened it up for you to whatever you felt like you, you believed to be a timely word as a pastor and as a counselor. Uh, and you were drawn to uh, Isaiah 43. Can you share why? Yeah, I, I think, you know, um, when people are looking at pastors, 
Um, we look at pastors as if we're these sterile human beings without, and these one dimensional human beings without challenges as well. And so this season for me has been really hard. And, um, you know, on top of COVID with, um, you know, racial violence and um, disunity in the nation, in the church, and me personally, we had several deaths in the family. Um, and it was really, really hard to hear from God. And I needed a word from God. Mm-hmm. And um, I feel like Isaiah. 43 was probably one of the scriptures that spoke um, very presently and and accurately to the situation that I I was going through and that we are going through, really. Um, It it was so relevant um, in the way the scripture is shared. And 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 not only it it didn't really just share that um a word of encouragement in a sense of you know we're going to be triumphant and this and victorious or anything like that it wasn't like that but it was validation mm. it was more a validation that what you're going through right now is pretty dead on you know that this is reality. This is real. So you personally met with God. If it was this passage was a, a gift for you to a way to to meet with God and for God to, to even say, I see you, I'm with yeah. you, and I, I know what you're going through. So when you, when you came to this passage, and even as you were preparing for, for our conversation today, you actually feel like this passage uh, meets us in your life, but also like in this time, in this moment where, you know, many, many people say that we're going through a, a handful of pandemics. You know, there's the the illness of COVID, that's yeah. pandemic. Then there's also the pandemic of fear and antagonism. There's the pandemic uh, that we're feeling uh, with our economy. Uh, there's the pandemic that the racial unrest that we have. Uh, and and you believe that this this is a timely word because this is actually instructive for how we can approach this moment. Uh, so that we not only survive, but we all, all honestly find a way to, to live in this moment, be present in this moment. What what yeah. exactly are you seeing here in this passage? Yeah, you know, when I look in this passage instantly, um, you know, verses one and two, um, verse two in particular, there are three wins, and this is where the validation come in. You know, um, you know, this the the author is not shying away from naming what's happening, you know, like when you go through these things and he's not, the author's not saying, um, not perhaps, not maybe, but when, you when. know, and, and, and names three wins. Um, when you pass through the waters, when you pass through the rivers, when you walk through the fire. Now, I don't know, um, if we can even understand what passing through the waters and through the rivers mean in um, American context, I have this visual in my head of these deep rivers in Haiti when you have to get through the other side, you have to go through that river and it's dangerous to get through those rivers. You know, we've seen horses trying to make it through the river. We've seen people, we've seen vehicles trying to make it through the river and you're 
I mean, you can be taken over by these rivers. It's dangerous. And, and so the, so Isaiah is saying, when you pass through these waters, when you pass through these dangerous rivers, when you pass through the fire, I don't know if anybody has passed through the fire before, but I haven't. And, and that's probably one of my worst fears to die through the fire. I don't know what happened, you know, because I'm like, it's painful when I get little grease burn on my hand. I'm, I'm crying. It's painful. So these images that Isaiah is offering up are like dangerous, like difficult, um, painful, traumatic events that he's talking about. And where and do we when he's saying when you're going to go through it. when you know when these things happen when there's racial unrest, when there's sexism, when there's political divide, when your children are going through all kinds of upheavals, when your finances, the stock market, when, when these things, and, and I'm sure um, any of us right here listening today can, can name and list your wins. Mm -hmm. I have a, a long list of wins of things that are happening currently, presently, right now that we're just crying out to God for. So I, Isaiah is giving us these prescriptions of when I want to validate that you are going through something, that there's a win that's happening for you. And then the 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 second part of each of those wins um, is like a words of comfort, a word of promise. Um, a word that just supports this, this blessed assurance again, that when you go through these waters, I will be with you. Like you're not alone. I will be with you. Um, when you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep you over. When you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. Yeah, I feel like for many of us, our, our personalities are all different, but there's many of us who have such a... Uh, an allergy towards sitting in suffering, feeling suffering. Mm, and yeah. many of us uh, in response will just numb, we'll escape, yeah. we'll, we'll use whatever, whatever at our disposal to get out of this feeling of being here in the fire, being in, this, in the water, being in the river. Yeah. And what I hear you saying is there's actually healing with feeling and naming it. Yeah. Um, and I wonder, I wonder as you, as you're talking about this, I'm just wondering now that when we are numbing ourselves from the pain, when we're trying to escape it, what we're not only escaping and numbing ourselves from is the pain, but also the presence of God there in the pain, in the fire. Um, yeah. we're missing out on that surprising nearness, that blessed assurance by choosing mm -hmm. to get out of it. What you said is exactly right, Mark, because um, what happens is that when you numb out for too long, you're also numbing out from the good things that God is doing. It is so beautiful. I, in my season of pain and suffering, the lessons that I've learned in the deep, in the depth of the pain, um, I hate the, the trauma. I hate the losses that we've experienced in our family. But there's another side of pain and suffering that brings about such beauty. You know, if we are, are learning to be present with God in our pain, um, 
one of the ways in which we respond, I know you and I talked about this beforehand, one of the ways in which we can respond in that moment when we're present with God is through lament. Can you share about why the practice of lament, though might, it might be unfamiliar to a lot of us, why is that practice of lament so important? Yeah, I think if we're looking in society, we will see examples of lament. Lament is a protest to God um, in community um, to complain. To it's God a protest in community. In community, a protest to God in community, complaining that things just ain't right. And we need things to change, God. We need you to show up. And, and if we're looking at community, I know there's been a lot of news about protests. I see the protest that's taking place in the streets as a form of lament, hmm. right? Um, it's a protest. It's a lament. Um, it's a protest with community because it's with a group of people that's showing up saying things ain't right. And a lot of times you'll see candle vigils when there's, um, you know, um, um, violence or, or uh, the murder of a, a black or brown um, body. You know, you'll see a candle vigil. That's a form of lament, of showing up and crying out and grieving. There's grief and lament. In my tradition, we would lament um, once a week. We would have a lament service in our churches, um, in our Haitian church, um, to just protest um, and to God and cry out to God because there was always something to cry out to God about, mm. you know, both in Haiti and in um, in the Haitian American church context, there was always something to lament about, you know. You guys would have that service once a week. Once a week. Wow. Once a week. Okay. The people let, let me, of the church. Mm -hmm. Let me just draw this out by asking a, a, a question here. Protesting God? Yeah. Isn't that, yep. that doesn't sound like faith. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that, doesn't sound, <laughs> that doesn't sound like we're honoring or fearing God to protest God. Why yeah, is lament God. different than that? Yeah, God gives us the freedom to do that. I think the free will to do that. God desires a relationship with us. And part of the relationship with God, it's like our children, is um, giving us the agency to talk back to God. Um, you know, like our children, if we did not give them the opportunity in our homes to share, you know, tell me when something's hurting, share when you're sad or mad or glad, or when I do something to hurt you, that deepens the relationship. And God knows that. And so God gives us that freedom, like in Habakkuk, the whole entire Bible actually shows us and it gives us examples. It gives us a model to do that well. Habakkuk opens up his book, like, how long, God? You know, he's protesting. He's ticked off. He's like, God, it seems like the evildoers are winning and we're losing here. What are you doing? I thought you were for us. Are you for us or against us? How long are you going to let this be? How long? And so that's the opening of Habakkuk's book, a protest to God. So once a week, our churches 
um, we would show up in this lament service and there would be some kind of lament song where we would, it, it sounds like people are wailing and they were, sometimes there were tears. Um, and then there's the prayers, there's reading um, scriptures, um, you know, especially from the Psalms where 40% of the Psalms are Psalms are of lament. So we would find Psalms in there to really identify with where we were um, as a community to just cry out to God and lament. And then there's something beautiful that happens in the, in the lament service is that our relationship with God deepens and we would hear from God. We mm. got, and it would give us the strength to get, get on with life for one more day, one more week um, in the troubles that we were facing. So there's, um, so there, 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 there's that needed peace in our churches for lament. Verses 18 and 19, forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. See, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I'm making a way in the wilderness mm -hmm. and streams in the wasteland. Forget the yeah. former things. Open up your eyes. I'm going to, while I'm there with you in the pain, I'm going to provide streams in the wasteland and a way in the wilderness. Yeah. A beautiful promise. It's such a beautiful promise that I'm doing a new thing. You know, um, there's this thing that says, um, you know, there's, oh, in pain, there's always an opportunity for new, something new to emerge. Yeah. And I believe that's the promise of God that even in pain and suffering, even in this season of so much, so many layers of pandemic on top of pandemics, that God in his grace and mercy can spring up something brand new. That's right. And he is. And that's the, that's the whole narrative of our faith. There's life and then there's death and then there's surprising life again. Yes. And we see that modeled in Jesus and the promise, but we also have that cycle in smaller ways in our own life where there, yeah. there was a, a, a former way, then there's the loss of that former way. And then there's God bringing about a new thing. So my question is, so how can we partner with God to bring about that new thing in our life? Like how, how can we join God in what he's doing to bring about something new? Yeah, I, I think, you know, when we show up and we are present um, with God, both, um, you know, first individually, I think, we need to be right with God individually. We have to fully show up. Um, we have to fully allow God to, um, to change us, to speak to us, to commune with us. We have to do this individual work with God. And then there's the aspect of community. There's no way around it. You know, even in therapy, you know, as we, as we are doing the work, trauma work, or marriage work and um, all kinds of work with clients and, and counseling, one of the first go-to things I ask about is community. Where's your community? Mm -hmm. You know, because there's really no healing without a healthy community. Yeah, so for you, an important aspect of that spring that comes uh, in a wasteland and uh, 
away in the wilderness. So much of it is around community. That's God's provision yes. for us. Yeah, we lament in community. We rejoice in community. In our culture in Haiti, the community was everything. Mm. Um, we thrive in community and fail in community if community will make or break us, you know? But we needed, we, we depended on the community. Like when my parents left um, to come to America and left us, with our aunt, our grandmother, and the community, you know? So me and my three older sisters, we weren't just left with my, my aunt and my grandmother. It was the whole community because she knew living in this community that we would have um, what we needed. My father knew that we would have what we needed within the community. The community would show up. Mm -hmm. And I think that's how God shows up as well. This is how I'm providing um, water in the wasteland for you is through this community. What you're saying in, in so many ways, like I, you know, I'm having a little light bulb moment and a little light bulb because I don't have deep thoughts usually. So I have a little light bulb moment right now <laughs> is you keep talking about the Haitian church, the Haitian culture and how, I feel like the American culture is not set up well to go through what you're talking about. And right. what I mean by that, and even the church I think is even less prepared for it is because in America, we have this perception uh, of exceptionalism. We have this perception also uh, that we know if God is near us, the barometer is, wealth and success that's when we know that god is near us and right. when when we don't experience that well then it's where's god where's god now and mm -hmm. and it's so interesting that even the practice of lament is so unfamiliar to our church in part because i feel like we haven't we don't have the tools to stay in suffering and even that sense of being in community we have such a, a desire for autonomy and independence that I don't need anyone. I got it on my own. And I feel like even in verse 18, forget the former things, do not dwell on the past. What God might want to say in this moment is you need to forget those former ways. Yeah. You, you, need to, you need to learn a different way of being church, which yeah. is experiencing the pain, feeling the pain, knowing that God is there with you, knowing that God is big enough for your honest prayers and your protests but then relying upon God's grace and mercy within community, as well as in this deep abiding relationship, so that all of a sudden we find a stream in the wasteland and Absolutely. we find a, 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 a new way through the wilderness. Absolutely. Yeah. I just, yeah, what you're saying is just causing me to think that maybe that's one of the things that God is doing in this season is trying to yeah. teach us just to forget the former ways in many ways. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. For many of us, there's no going back to the former ways before COVID, before all of these things. There's, there's just an opportunity for us to live in a more holy and justly and communal way. You know, there's such, it, it, and I think what COVID is teaching us is our dependency on the community too, like our need for the community. I mean, we haven't met as a community 
um, physical body embodied communities for months. Mm-hmm. And how many people are just craving that yep. and just needing that. So it's teaching us something that we thought we didn't really depended on that much, you know, because in the American community, um, I, I thought we would be okay, you know, without the need of the, the community. But this season is teaching us how dependent we are on each other. And that's okay. That's a good thing. You know, it doesn't mean we're weak or we can't take care of ourselves. I can, I can talk for hours about how independent um, we are in America and how that isn't necessarily the greatest thing that we need to be dependent, interdependent, you know, on both on God and each other. I, I have needs. I have something that I can offer and you have something that you need from me as well. And that interdependency is so necessary for relationships, for us to grow and thrive. Julia, this has been so good. Just want to say thank you so much. You have any final thoughts or anything like that you want to leave us with? I mean, thank you so much for having me. I I think, um, you know, the only thing that I would continue to, I I continue to preach about is the necessity of the community um, and how to move towards the pain of the community. And that's where we will see God um, as we move towards the pain in our community. So thank you so much for having me. Yeah, God bless you. Yes, you too. The power of God's word is that the word that Isaiah shared, that, that, that God spoke to him, is as timely for us today as it was back then. And so appreciate Julia's perspective that whenever we're walking through these moments that feel like it's water sweeping over us or fire that's just purifying us and it's something we have to walk through, that we have this promise. And this promise is for you today that God has summoned you by name. Like God knows your name, and he promises to be with you. He's going to provide streams in the wasteland. He's going to provide a path through the wilderness. And so my hope and my prayer is, as we are going through the season of our life is that we can, we can be honest with God, and we can do so in community. And while we're honest with God with the pain and maybe even the confusion in which we're experiencing, we can also... Be honest with God with the faith that we have. We can be open to the fact that God does know us by name and he claims that you are mine. So may that give us a sense of hope. May that give us a sense of freedom to let go of the former ways and actually perceive that God is doing something new here and now. May it be so for you and may it be so for our church.